What is up? I'm Miguel Antonio, and you are listening to the Live and Create podcast. It's where I interview artists and entrepreneurs about what it means to live a great life and create great things. And before we jump into today's episode, I'd love for you to check out my band, Run With It. That's Run With It, at Run With It Band, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, all the places you follow people at. We also have our EP up on Spotify and Apple Music. It's called How to Start a Fire. And you can find out all that information at runwithitband.net. That's runwithitband.net. On today's episode, we have Paul Size. Paul is the CEO, Chief Entertainment Officer of Music KC is Alive, a boutique entertainment agency that offers a unique party band experience called Song Wheels. He is also the band leader of Howl at the Moon in downtown Kansas City and manages their dueling pianos around the region. Paul lives in Overland Park, Kansas with his wife and three children. On today's episode, we dive into the idea of building an artistic community and creating a vision to build great things with a group of musicians. We also talk raising kids as independent artists, leading others with an open hand, the power of technology, and so much more. It's a great episode. Enjoy. The Live and Create Podcast. It's funny you mentioned that. Yesterday, my five-year-old came along with me to load in somewhere. And as we were doing it, I realized I've lost track of the amount of times she's actually done this with me. Like, I don't even know now. Like, <laughs> like the first couple of times, like, take a picture. Isn't this cute? And now it's like, come on, hurry up. Get that snare drum. <laughs> like, You're like, hey, even... how come the snare stand's not set up? Get to it. <laughs> it's not even special like we got, anymore. We got downbeat in 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I It was fun. Uh, my oldest. Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> oh i don't know what's going on there my oldest went on uh, a tour with us we did a college show out in like louisiana or something and so he mm -hmm. got to go on the road with us i think it was 14 something like freshman in high school and uh so all of them as they're getting older they're like when do i get to go do that and it was kind of cool because we just threw him in the mix and he's into photography and video and so he was just been you know, he was like snapping photos throughout the whole time and helping with setup. And, but yeah, it is pretty cool, but it, it is funny too. At the same time, he, he was helping me do load in since he was probably five as well. And, you know, he got to a point where he was like able to set up speakers, anything he could actually, you know, actually carry and plug in. It's, it's fun to see that, you know, as they attach to it. <laughs> yeah. I'm so curious if it's something that they'll, they'll remain attached to, or if they just automatically think that, whatever my parents do is dumb and weird and I don't, right. I don't want to do it. But like now later, like I went through a phase like that, but now, um, now that I'm the age that my parents were, when I remember them having jobs, I'm so much more curious about like, what, okay. Is there anything I could actually useful from what you did? Did you teach me anything? You had to have taught me something. What was it? <laughs> thinking, thinking, of course, I can just ask them, which is uh, right, which they which they like half appreciate. But I did, I did, I did have this one phone conversation with my mother when my uh, kids were super young. I was just like, "Mom, being a parent is so hard. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I'm. This is so hard, and this is so difficult. And uh, whatever pain and suffering, my, you know." My sister is Katie. Whatever pain and suffering we put you through uh, when we were this little, I just want to apologize for it. I just, I just have you to. You like grovel at their feet. 
And it, it's so true. It's like you never know until then. Like, I think, yeah, I think once having kids, I found such a greater sense of grace, you know, for my dad and my mom for all, oh, yeah. and, you know, the things that I was like all pissed off, I'm sure as a high schooler or whatever, like, you know, slam the door, hate your mom kind of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like, yeah, yeah, I get it now. I get where you're coming from. And the fact mm-hmm. of, I think the realization for me is like, like I'm 41, but I still feel like I'm just kind of getting started. I feel like I'm just learning new skills and, and learning how to handle my emotions even better or, you know, better skills uh, in relationships. And and there was like that aha, like my mom and dad were growing up at the same time as yeah. I was, you know, and I was like, yeah, that's been hitting me, too, because I'm like, shit, <laughs> we're still all just learning as yeah. well. And the uh, well, I love that. I think you feel similar to I that there's always feels like there's going to be another chapter around the corner and the the idea that that can be unpredictable is stressful to some like my father worked for uh the city of rock island for over 25 years in public works okay. and that is of that is of that generation the idea that you just have um work in the same place for 25 right. years and that miguel that baffles me it totally baffles, baffles me. me. It, I, and it makes me almost feel sick inside at the thought. Like, I just, because <laughs> I just, oh my God. Yeah. But yeah, my grandpa, he retired uh, from military, did the full 20 years. Then he worked for the county and retired from there, full 20 years. Like, and he right. was like 12 years into his next job. And it's like he was a you you dig in and you're committed for a long term period. It's like you yeah. said though, it's almost that generational thing. It is. But like technology has allowed uh, definitely our generation um to like watch the internet kind of grow the way that you and I did of um enhancing enhancing communication and you know and information, just finding out about other places, other opportunities seeing right. pictures and videos of another part of the world and just kind of thinking, can I go there? How would I go there? Can I figure that out? Um, oh yeah. That, you know, that our parents would probably think, Oh, I would go vacation there or like, Oh, here's a brochure of Hawaii. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> and we're, right. we're like, uh, is there any way that we could uh, maybe, maybe live there for six months, just kind of try out, you know, vibe it out with an Airbnb or something like that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> And it's, yeah, they they like to go to be a time traveler and go back and talk to our grandparents about that. That would baffle them. That would right. utterly baffle them. I think what we lose, though, is a better. And it was odd to kind of notice this during the pandemic is you, what you end up losing is a better sense of your uh, local community and, and literally your neighborhood. And that's true. That's something that I hope. um, um my kids are able to hold on to in the face of social media, which is just makes all of this so much more difficult to feel connected to your neighbors, your, your local school, all these local communities, even though it's so easy to go online and feel like, Hmm, how many people are into taking apart Yamaha keyboards? Oh, here they all are. <laughs> talk like, about hey, this crap all the nerds unite. Let's talk about synths right now. <laughs> My neighbors don't want to talk about since. <laughs> oh, did I tell you about this Rubik's Cube thing? Here's a perfect example of this. So my middle son, Toman, who's the uh, same age as uh, your littlest, he's eight, right? Right, yeah. Um, he 
someone gave him a, a Rubik's cube <laughs> for a present a couple months ago. And he was just kind of fiddling with it. And he did like the classic thing where he got like one face of it, all the same color. We we're all like, ah, right. we're like, we're, he's pretty much brilliant at that <laughs> point. Right. Like that's how I felt when I got one side. <laughs> yes. But then of course, like, like, like you do, he was like, how, how do I solve this whole thing? And because it's 2022, I was like, well, maybe there's something on YouTube to show us how. And right. Dollars to donuts. There's like a gazillion <laughs> cube tutorials. So we're like, let's, let's pick one where this person seems the most friendly and professional. And there was one guy who had it, who was a writer for wired magazine and managed to convince wired magazine to like sponsor him as he went on like this deep dive into the cube community and got to know wow. all the cubists that are out there. And he had this wonderful tutorial about how to do it. And he showed you how to, yep. It's like, you can hold the cube a certain way in order to like, in order to move the sides quickly, the name, like the, the name, like all this different terminology. And it took Tobin about two weeks. He would complete, he would master each step, right? He had to That's get through, awesome. you got to do step one and then reset the cube, do step one, reset. The, and then he had to do step two, but you had to start from the beginning every time. Start from like reset the cube, do step one. And do step two. It took him about two weeks, but he did it. One day he just solved it. And he's got the personality that like really will like zone in on what well, sounds thing. like he, he can lock in and make it happen. Yes. And he'll tune everything out. But once he had finished it, I thought like when I had, I think I had a Rubik's cube uh, when I was a kid and I got as far as look, I made one side of it blue. And then I was like, well, well, there you go. That's that's that. Like, what were the chances <laughs> that I was going to meet someone who was going to teach me how to solve right. a Rubik's Cube? How many people in my hometown also own Rubik's Cubes and knew how to solve it <laughs> and would teach one out of 1,000? Right. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe how would that. I find that person? Like, how would I have done this? Well, I remember that era. It was like the way that they would tell you someone in a TV show was a genius was they were in the back seat and solving a, a Rubik's Cube. I don't know if you yeah. remember that little trope that would like find its way. Like, here's this genius that we're consulting about whatever. And he's like, do, 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 done. You know, or yeah. now our, our kids apparently are going to be like, eh, I learned that on YouTube in two weeks. I right. <laughs> that, that and I, I've got another friend. I didn't think we were going to talk about Rubik's Cube this much. I have another friend. <laughs> That's what we'll, we'll title this podcast is Rubik's Cubes. <laughs> two, two musicians getting together talking about Rubik's Cubes, you know? <laughs> so I've got a bunch of, this is a really, really interesting sub-community, but I know some piano players who are also Cubists. And part of, mm. their, part of their show is to rap an Eminem song while solving a Rubik's Cube on stage. That's pretty impressive. It, I, it, it, well, it used to be. Now there's a community. Yeah. It's like, oh and yeah, you're all doing just the rapping, doing rap it? thing. Oh, it's like, oh, you're doing the eight mile song, whatever. Watch me do rap, God. It's a little yeah. faster. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, and it's funny though because uh, the the podcast right before you, it's a a friend of mine. He's a professional spoken word artist and motivational speaker, and has carved out this career uh, for himself speaking to college students. But I was asking him about his process and what he's been learning. And he said he's starting to speak to he's finding himself speaking more and more to high schools and even middle schools now. And he said what he's noticed over the last decade. Sorry, every time I'm like clicking out for some reason, Siri thinks I keep saying her name 
and I did say her name and it, it didn't pop up. So I don't know what's going on, but <laughs> mm. sorry if you, you saw me for the listener, I apologize. I was, I know I, I was like reaching up to change stuff, but anyways, he was saying what he's noticed is all the way down to middle school, they're wrestling with concepts and ideas that he used to only find in college students. And we were talking about like how it seems like culturally our, our kids are so exposed to so many different ideas when it comes mm. to social media mm-hmm. and like that, where they can just access any kind of information. One day, uh, Jude, our 10 year old, he wanted to make a video game. So he went and found out how to code on YouTube and made a video game. And it's like, yeah. he even looked at me one day was like, why do I need to go to school if everything I need to learn is on YouTube? Oh. And I'm like, damn, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, he's got me at the moment. Um, I was like for social interactions and blah, blah, blah. Oh my God. But, you're, um, what, but you're right. You're absolutely yeah. right. Is the idea of going to school and learning soft skills, which is how to talk to other right. people around you, how to uh, collaborate with a with a team on a project. Right. What do you do if um, you've got conflict in a group? In yeah. conflict, and those are the harder things. You know, it's like you can learn dates and facts and you know all that, but like, yeah, those soft skills. It, it is really tough if you. I have friends who do like homeschooling, so they have to be very intentional about getting them into environments where they can learn those things since they're not in public school. <laughs> Here, um, see that kid? Go push him and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> you're about to learn a really good lesson and learn it now before you talk shit to Mike Tyson yeah. on a plane. That's a, You're not going to be that kid. <laughs> All right. I want you to go cut in front of that line in the slide and you're going to have to deal with the consequences. <laughs> But but it is kind of cool. It, it was it was almost like I think there's a lot of problems that come with social media and the exposure to so many things. But it kind of oh, yeah. highlighted this thing as Odrod and I were talking through it. This this idea that since there is so much, there's some people who are adapting to that, and now they're ready just to to wrestle with higher concepts. You know, at age 13 instead mm-hmm. of at 25. You know, it's like some of the things. I wasn't even process, processing till I was like mid twenties. My kids are asking me about, you know, and I'm like, wow, that's, that part is kind of cool. It's kind of interesting. It's kind of like, okay, you guys got the Rubik's cube. Now let's talk about, you know, a 20 sided Rubik's cube. Let's start getting more complicated. Mm. Let's go deeper, uh, what this can be. And then like, even my kid asked me over breakfast, that's what I was sharing with Odrod is, uh, 10, you know, Judah, he, he just goes, dad, does money make you happy? like two days ago, like over breakfast. And I know you're a breakfast dude. And so that, <laughs> that, for the listener, Paul does uh, like amazing breakfasts. And he sent me a picture one morning, uh, but you do like these elaborate, what was breakfast today? Breakfast today was uh, chorizo with kale and strawberries. Nice. That sounds good. I've got, yeah. I've got to figure out a way to get you on the road with us so we can just convince you to cook for us in the morning. <laughs> Sure, man. But, uh, you know, it's got to add a lot of time to the itinerary. <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> well, and on on those soft skills, like getting in, into what you do, you know, it's you have one. You are one of the most talented musicians I've shared stage with, oh, you know, like thank you. And thank you so much. I it, it's crazy because my world with the original music, it's like we would play the same eight songs the exact same way, same mm. snare hit, same thing. And there's no one requesting songs because that's not the game. And then that's kind of the world I've lived in for a very mm-hmm. long time. 
And then I get on stage with you for what you're doing, where it's all requests and like you got to just in the moment and watching it. It's like that first night, like I felt like it kicked my ass. I had a great time, but you did watching great. you did really well. well. Well, thank you, man. But but watching you at work, I was like, Jesus, this is like this whole other skill set. So I want to get into that, but really coming in on on these soft skills, you find mm -hmm. yourself not just the musician who can execute at a high level in the moment but you find yourself cultivating other artists, running and managing other artists and managing mm -hmm. teams. Um, where, where did that start for you? Like, did it just start with a love for music and then suddenly you just found out you had these skills or have you always been passionate? Have you always been like corralling people and trying to like lead people in a certain direction since you were young? Um, I would say the first couple kind of projects that I did was probably in um, high school that I really felt like I had a, I had a vision for something that I wanted to execute mm -hmm. and having, um, having, having the resources, which was my, my school and a bunch of teachers who also recognized um, the drive that I had to do that, to not only have, have a vision, um, but then also execute it. And your mm -hmm. word corral is really um, perfect <laughs> for that. Cause I, I've spent years upon years upon years um, uh, bamboozling people into like going along with these create these crazy projects, and what's really important is just be able to, um, you know, translate that vision and communicate that vision. Now that's different um, when you're a professional, and uh, for a lot of what I find myself doing now, it's um, management, which is which is a little bit different, and when professionals are dealing with other professionals it seems less about creativity more about practicality um and but logistics. if you're really going what's that <laughs> logistics and logistics and practicality. There's, yeah there, there's a lot a lot more of that but i think that just comes with being um a, a professional i think you can relate i think that yeah. there'd be um if if we had and i know many many musicians um, who are like this, who are not professionals, um, but they have a job or career that um, is steady and stable for, for them. And then on the evenings and weekends, they're, they're amateurs and, that, and that's fine. And, and music is kind of compartmentalized for them. But I, I think I, I could feel myself just having no other choice uh, as I was graduate, graduating college. Like I have to do this i have to do this with my time there's there's uh there's there's no other no other path for me and I, I i heard somebody say once how gratifying it is to at some point move away from being uh the paint and becoming the painter and that's hmm. always struck me about how fortunate i am that i i'm around so many musicians will just kind of go along with my crazy ideas <laughs> like, it's like really <laughs> really really important um that there's there's people there who are who are willing to do that and um you know being being able to communicate the vision to, um explain like what we're going for is great but in the midst of all that and maybe you've experienced too there's a lot of things and ideas that just kind of go nowhere things that just kind of yeah crash and burn which is it seems I, like that's I, part of the process it is I think, it. Even, I think you and i talked about this with songwriting as well I, or with any kind of active um creation you just really have to kind of keep putting in putting in the reps yeah and i haven't done any serious songwriting in a long time but i always felt 
so soothed when other songwriters would say, yeah, I've got this one I've been working on for five years and I still haven't figured out or like, oh, I just have this fragment of a thing. I don't know where this is going. And or I was working on this for a while, but eventually I just had to stop and put it down because it wasn't going anywhere and I had to work on this <laughs> other thing. And that's like a real micro uh, micro way of looking at, you know, the the macro way of developing concepts or developing a band mm -hmm. or a um a theatrical show or a a concert you know like right. it's you have to give your give over to the idea that some of these will not work out and um, i, I but just they might to lead to the next thing or or teach you a skill uh towards the next oh, thing yeah. at least is my experience yeah well that, i think that's a wonderful outcome i think that's a, yeah. a really really special outcome i just had a really cool talk with a friend of mine who produces concerts out of chicago and he is now at a point where he's just very, um, very selective that he knows he's not he's not interested in just kind of like firing like a, a one off thing for fun. Um, if he's going to invest the time and resources of his company into something, mm. this concert needs to have, you know, a, a legs for like six weeks or, or nine weeks. And so right. he's very. It's very, very intentional about that. And uh, I wish I was more intentional about these kind of things, Miguel. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like your connection, though, to the micro and macro of it and thinking of writing a song because that's obviously a creative endeavor, right? But yeah. to me, I think of entrepreneurship as a, a fully creative endeavor because you're also taking something or you're taking nothing and creating something, right? Yeah. And um, it, it's cool to think of it of like, crafting a band with a clear vision or crafting like a new product as this also a creative endeavor it's like a form of songwriting in a sense uh mm -hmm. that's that's a really cool connection the micro and macro of it I, I i've always thought of entrepreneurship as creative but i don't know if i've ever thought of it as like hey this actual song this we have a we call it the band business one sheet where it's like our our vision our goals and the things that shape our direction mm, that's actually beautiful. like like a song in a way it's like this mm -hmm. is the thing and like you said it it may be like well the bridge isn't really working you know is what we're finding out of this band business one sheet like there's this goal that doesn't seem to fit really so now we need to throw that out and maybe put something else in its place or nothing else in its place and and it's like this constant tweaking until you finally find the thing that connects um, yeah which yeah that's pretty Do you cool. ever feel like this someone told me this once about criticism um and it, it was when i was doing a lot of work in theater but I found that it's really kind of stuck with me that if someone is giving you feedback on something that's very specific as in, Oh, the, um, this light cue is in the wrong place or like uh, this, this, uh, harmony was flat over here. Like all, when people give you that kind of feedback and criticism, it's like, just, just absorb and go, like, don't spend a lot of time thinking about right. it. But if someone is kind of like, you know, there was just something like kind of generally, off and kind of weird I, <laughs> if someone's if you find a lot of people saying that that is like huh huge red flag because that means as as a whole the thing is not working that's a like that's a great that means you've, you've got a problem at the conceptual um level and that is like and and that's and you know miguel that's like one of the most painful things to to realize if yeah if if, if someone if a lot of people are just like i just don't uh, understand again you've got to make a tough tough call like how do i really keep pushing forward this or like scrap it and find something where you know things are um the message is getting across or i'm trying hmm. 
expressing what I want to express. Do you do you find that with songs where you're like, oh man, this whole thing is just like, yeah, not. There's definitely times where it's like I'm 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 forcing it and it just never feels right, you know. And and it's funny because even strategically, uh, from like the the macro sense, there's certain things too. I think there's there's been some goals in my brain that I thought were important, but Mm. every time I get back there, it just doesn't settle well and then when i'm talking to people it, it almost falls flat you know or the oh, door's yeah. just not there and i'm all about like beating the shit out of a door and rubbing the knob until it goes like 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 completely you know all the brass is off until you try to break through like i love that yeah. concept but at the end of the day sometimes it's just a door that's not meant to go through you know for yeah. you and it's hard to know i think sometimes uh, like even for example, uh, recently, uh, we were doing a run with it. I was doing a run with it daily podcast where I was breaking down the day to day stuff and then talking about some overarching goals that we were doing mm-hmm. and just putting yeah. that out as content. Uh, but it just got to a point in the beginning, it felt really, really good. And like, it was a good for my own process. And it, I was getting feedback from people that they were liking it. But as more time went on, it just never seemed to fit in my day. I always seemed mm-hmm. more and more stressed out. And then I'm realizing like this little thing I was trying to do is starting to get in the way of several big things. And one of the big goals was to not be stressed out so that when I'm with my kids and my family, I'm not an asshole, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like all those things. So I finally had to realize like, this isn't working. I'm, I'm just trying to force it, you know, and, and there was nothing. I tried to tweak it and tweak it and never felt right. And so I was like, no, I just got to let this go. Cause it's not part of the main goal. Yeah. And, you know, here's the main goal. And let's right. stay focused on that. So that's good. Yeah, that's yeah, interesting. I like that concept. The over, like if the whole thing just is kind of off, <laughs> that's yeah. cool. That's huge, huge red flag. And I've, I've had to confront that um, several times in my career. And that sometimes that, that also happens with, um, you know, just re- relationships, you know, or, or yeah. like you meet and you can really feel it. Um, and I'm much more in tune to this now than I was when I was younger of really just meeting a person or meeting another collaborator or another professional. And if you're just kind of like, it's like, it, you know, spider sense, <laughs> yep. spidey sense kind of just like going off. Like there's something about this person or uh, this operation that just kind of gives me, gives me the vibes don't kick it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, but what's complicated is you can be the, in those situations and the checks will still cash and you know, you'll get lots of applause like, you know, yep. or um, it, it can seem lucrative and seem um, worthwhile. But if there's there's something that's like just kind of generally off, it's it's really hard to um, distance, your, distance yourself practically from just by by kind of using your instincts. And it's also hard to explain. I this is kind of I wonder how much this has happened to you. But when it comes to um, working with other musicians there's just like this it it feels like over and over again the way it seems to work the best it's totally fine if you push back on this is that it's embracing the idea that people kind of float in and float out Mm -hmm. and what you what basically what you've been doing would run with it I I think you guys have really done it right is that you're kind of doing um waves instead of rockets that like um you're like you're gonna you're in and you're committed and then you're kind of okay with the idea of like things kind of, you have this cool down time 
and right. it's time to like and right now you are like really ramping up <laughs> um in a big way but like i don't think you could have the relationships with those guys that you do if it was just always 100 ramped up heated up all the time and like it's right. actually better if there's there's a, the ability to kind of like uh let let each other float away but like hold on to the string of balloon like this person's gonna float away a little bit but like i still got the string so go ahead float <laughs> keep on going you know what i mean right like, I, no and it, that's you, you that way well and i definitely think um like the in and out i i i've been lucky to have several mentors in my life that are they were people who had a very open-handed like perspective and so like down to the point where, uh, when I was in, so like my history, I was, I was actually a pastor for a long time and was like p part of like church planting and all that kind of stuff. And then eventually completely left that whole world, <laughs> which is a whole other podcast that maybe one day I'll start when I have free time. Cause I have all that free time, but I ex, did the learn ex pastor so dad podcast, dad, yeah. ex pastor <laughs> rock dad podcast. Yeah. Mouthful it's it's it'll be brilliant <laughs> it'll have a very niche you know market <laughs> but i did you know my wife encouraged me i left with a lot of anger and bitterness and my wife encouraged me to to process what were the good things she's like don't throw the baby out with the bathwater what are, yeah, what are the things that yeah. you took from it and one thing i've become so grateful for is to see open-handed leaders and honestly mm -hmm. most places it's hard to find even in the church um, because I, I know a lot of people have worked for pastors who are not open-handed and open-handed to the point where um, pastors who had raised people up were part of the staff. They're paying them. They're depending on them every day. They suddenly would say, hey, I want to go start my own church somewhere. And mm. they would say, cool, we're going to announce it on Sunday that you're going to do this. And over the next six months, we're going to train you to go do that. And then you can ask anyone here if they want to go with you and we'll support you, even if they're on staff. <laughs> and it's like that perspective, again, I felt so grateful to be part of it because I think it's that idea, like I want people committed to what we're doing if we're gonna be mm -hmm. running together. Yeah. But I also know that people, like I'm going in this direction and maybe your your vision shifted and that's oh, yeah. okay. So I wanna support you in that. And um, And then sometimes it's just some people don't see it where it's like, Hey, our visions aren't aligned. And that's the harder one. The easier one is when it's like, I'm excited about this thing. Cool. Let's, let's encourage you to go do this. And the harder one, I think of the people coming and going is when you realize like, Hey, we're not on the same page anymore. Yeah. And so we yeah. have to, we have to part ways, you know, and I've, I've been through that, that mm -hmm. perspective too. I think there's a way to do it. I haven't always done it the best, you know, but even in, in the music world, you know, and that's, what's tough about this whole world is typically we got into music because we were playing music with our friends mm -hmm. and then suddenly it became a business because we're like, shit, there's a lot of details. There's a lot of, you know, uh, expectations. And then you start dealing with contracts, you start dealing with checks coming in and then it just changes the whole game. And, yeah. and not ever, sometimes those friendships don't hold up, you know, and sometimes people aren't committed in the same way. And so, yeah, that, that flip side of people in and out is the tougher one but but yeah i think i always want to to have that perspective of get again it's like if you're on the team this is what the expectations are this is where we're going but mm -hmm. at the same time if you're i'm not going to be i'm not mad at you <laughs> i think if, you're also you well you're also speaking to how the modern workforce um demands to operate 
Mm. Uh, like we were talking earlier about how wild it was for previous generations to commit <laughs> to the same place for decades. Yeah. Um, and I think with, with this workforce that's kind of coming up right now, these young people who are having their, their first jobs, if, if you look them in the eye and say, you are committed now to <laughs> this job and I expect this and these are demand like man they will um they will ghost you they will leave absolutely they will leave not say goodbye <laughs> and like that's that's what happens um but if you engage with them in the way that open-handed that's I like that engage with them mm-hmm. in an open-handed way and let them know that it, this um and I've, I've had success with this at Howl at the Moon just accepting what you said of the our paths are just kind of intertwined right now. And like right. yeah, you're on a path, this group is on a path developmentally and you're, you know, you're going to be in this lane for a little bit, but at some point, like you should move on. You will do something else. All of us will right. do something else. that, that, that point in time is, is coming. And let's, let's just kind of um, have that out there and accept that, you know? Absolutely. And I, I, I really think that's like the way to, um, handle and handle employees now, but there's a lot of risk with that. And it, you, you're just kind of betting, <laughs> you're betting on that person that they will appreciate that honesty right. and, and person and, you know, respect to their career and, um, to whatever other things are happening with their personal lives. And you, if you're, I've, I've had a lot, I've had a lot of success with that at a health moon. Um, when I think the, the biggest piece is it, I, I think it should be the opportunity for business owners or for band leaders like us mm-hmm. to, to realize like, this is my opportunity to become better. Uh, and it, it sounds maybe like silly to say it that way, but really like it reminds me, I need to get better at casting vision. I need to get better at making sure our goals are on point. I need yeah. to get better at making sure we're not doing a bunch of sideways energy shit. That's just going to burn people out instead mm-hmm. of doing the right thing, you know? Cause I know I like, 2023 is probably going to be nuts for our guys, mm-hmm. you know, and like, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we're going to be on the road a lot and playing some yeah. great shows. But that also means that I'm not going to waste their time now. Cause like they want to be with their friends or their families or their, mm-hmm. you know, I want to be with my friends and my family. <laughs> and so it's like, it's like, all right, let's not waste time on sideways energy. Um, and I think also just getting better at communicating. And I'm learning nonstop, like have to get better and better at making sure they know they're in the loop. This is what's happening. This is what's going on. Like even one day I realized I, I had made a move without like bringing everyone in on it. And, you know, one person, I don't, I don't think they were mad by any means, but we're just like, Hey, I'm just so you know, like I'm bought into this. You don't have to like protect me from whatever that thing was, you know, like just hmm. like, yeah. let, you know, I want to be on board with this. And I was like, okay, I need to get better and better at communicating. And I think that's where, cause it's, it seems like it's more voluntary. Um, I think before, I think people almost felt forced to stay in their jobs. Like you said, where now people are like, Hey, there's other options. And so if yeah. I don't want to follow you or you're not worthy of being followed, <laughs> I'm going somewhere else, bro. And yeah. so, yeah, and in a sense, it's, it is, it's almost exciting. Um, in that regard, because it's, it's challenging me, like self-development has been just what I've been so focused on personally. Cause I'm like, I just got, I got to get better at mm-hmm. what I'm doing and casting vision for you. When you cast vision, are there like specifics for you 
um, or is it just kind of a, a natural thing where you step into an environment and like cast vision for, for a particular goal, or do you have like a system and step-by-step process that you do to help lead bands and, and, uh, band members? It's, it's different now than when I was younger. Now I'm much more, um, practical about, is this going to be a product that we can eventually sell? Um, but, uh, hilariously, um, selling, selling a product is, is pretty different than being in the product or developing the product. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> it turns out that it, you know, you can really, uh, sell something that's maybe not very good. It actually happens. <laughs> it happens yep. a lot. Um, but you know, ideally, um, you, you know, those three, those three things are in alignment. Um, I'm in, I, I'm in or developing a band or a concept that I'm really excited about. And I'm able to, and this is, you want to talk about growing. This is the part where I've really had to learn a lot, uh, is, is marketing that product and mm-hmm. marketing it and figuring out like how, how do we now translate this vision to someone who wants to buy it? How do we make sure that this is something that uh, projects value, you know, right. and, and is, is something that um, someone will um, pay money for because they believe it's important and they believe that they need it. Um, you know, taking that into consideration while I'm in the development process is, is, new, is new for me. It's, yeah. it, it's, a different, it's a different place than feeling like, oh, I've got this burning thing inside me. I just need to like <laughs> let it out it into out. the world. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, you know, I felt, I, <laughs> I felt that way. I felt the way all the time. And now what's kind of cool to see. Oh, and this is kind of what I want to ask you about is seeing people who are, who feel that way and they're young. Um, I, I have to remind myself that, well, they aren't all like me. Like I'm, I want to get this person involved in a project, but they might not when you like put a, put away their side from their commitment to the, like the project at the micro level, like right. what is their overall commitment to being a professional artist at the macro level? Yes. Yeah. That, that and I'm honestly, that's getting, probably the biggest key. I've, I'm constantly surprised like that because like I told you earlier, like around when I was uh, really in high school, I felt like, well, this is it. This is what I do. I'm, I'm not going to be swayed. And, um, I'm going to be an, an artist and music is going to be in my life. But I've worked with so many people now who are talented um, and have great instincts, but they're also like, I'm just kind of, if, if you're really like in your, in your teens and your twenties, like, well, maybe I'll just try on this music thing for a little bit. And right. if I don't like it, I'll, I'll just do something else. And that's, I've never felt that way, but a lot of people do. Do you have a hard time with that? And I ask that because I I'll just put it out there that I've, I've struggled with that. I actually taught for six years, uh, private lessons, like sometimes Mm. 40, 50 a week. It was insane. But I realized in that, like, sometimes I just have a really hard, hard time with people who are just playing for fun. And, uh, I, it's something I've had to work through because guess what? That's most of the world and it brings them joy. So chill the fuck out, Miguel, (laughs) which was kind (laughs) of like part of it. But the other part was also realizing who I want to partner with, you know? Yes. And, and and so it's one thing to support. Like I have friends who are just jamming out on guitar and that's all they ever want to do and they love it. And so I can support them now, but understand like, oh, that's the person I'm not going to (laughs) recruit for me. But I, I don't, I don't know for you. Is it, has that been a process for you? Well, what really clarified it for me was 
during the pandemic when I was a substitute uh, music teacher mm. at schools. I did a stint at a private school and then I did a stint at a public school. And that, you know, I already had kids in the in the school system here in Kansas City. So like I'm, I'm aware of their education and I like their education. And, you know, my wife and I are on board that we want that we want them to have a large swath of opportunities and I want them to try different things. But then I had to be in the position of, oh, I am one of the things that the kids are just like trying. Like it's like the kids are moving through a buffet line of education. Okay. They're like, aha, tennis. I'm going to try a little bit of tennis. Or aha, bioengineering. <laughs> try a little bit of bioengineering. Yeah, just fuck mm, around, no do some bioengineering. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I'm going to try this on <laughs> like for a little bit. Like you do. Bit. Like, like you want to, but you want, I mean, that that's a great thing about being young. It's a wonderful right. thing about being young. And so the <laughs> really painful uh, was like music has been this passion and my career choice and this thing I take so seriously and I made the mistake translating that to my music classroom and so to, and but I had to like exactly I remember exactly what I just told you like these kids are just like they're at the buffet line they're gonna try it on a uh, music yeah. ah you know not not for me no thanks you know yep. and they as as a um as a kid that's something that we embrace and encourage but it becomes different when someone is swimming with professionals or mm-hmm. seems like an adult, you know, it's <laughs> right. It's, it's presenting as a grown up person and you expect, <laughs> you expect them to have uh, the same amount of, uh, you know, com- commitment to, to music and art as I do. And I've made that mistake several times, but, but Miguel, it's a really hard thing to talk about. It's yeah. a really hard thing to talk about. Um, well, and that's why I went first because I feel like, I feel like I'm an ass by saying it sometimes. I've been told that I've been an ass by saying it. But yeah. at the same time, it's like it is something that I've dealt with. But I think the uh, my growth in it was just finally realized. Like, I one, I learned I, I couldn't teach anymore. I learned that that was not mm, my yeah. skill set. And mm-hmm. it was not fair to the kids because there was like two or three kids who thought, that they wanted to do it professionally and actually two out of the three are doing it professionally now, you know? Um, and those were the ones I was excited about. I had 40 something other kids that just wanted to have fun and explore the buffet. Right. And yeah. so I realized like I have some friends who are brilliant at it. Uh, our previous bass player, Clint Velasquez, uh, is just, uh, I don't know. Do you know Clint at all? I don't know Clint. Uh, he has a music school that he started, uh, in the inner city and he's just, he's a brilliant teacher and that's what he, well, and that was, he, he introduced me a book called uh, Talent Code by Daniel Coyle. And they study, they study the great, like the greatest, like musicians, the greatest athletes, uh, greatest mathematicians in the world. And they try to distill what makes them so great. And one of the biggest pieces that they found was they had a teacher when they were very young that wasn't the best teacher in the world, wasn't even like, you know, a high name. It was just a teacher that taught them the love of whatever that thing was. Mm. So it was that love. Cause I think that's probably where you and I come from is like, we love it. Like I, like I have this maybe sometimes toxic love relationship with music, but at mm-hmm. the same time, like I just, you, I've tried to stop it and it just like fucking bleeds out of me. And yeah. so I can't stop. Like I'm getting emotional saying it. But it's mm-hmm. like, until you love a thing that much, like reading about Kobe, that's how he was with basketball. 
Like, that's why oh, yeah. he was so damn good at basketball because he could get up at 3 in the morning and be in the gym because he loves it, not because he mm-hmm. was being made to. And and so that that's where I'm like, okay, if someone doesn't love, love, love it, that's cool. And and it's just part of their life. But, yeah, it, that, it was also that flip side of understanding understanding that I also need to make sure the people that I'm partnered with have a similar drive. They probably won't have the same drive, um, but a similar drive uh, yeah. in that regard. So I got to tell you, man, the thing I respect about you a lot is that you pair that love for music with love for your family. That's really, really great. I, oh, th- I think in, in and in my life, that's the only um, only thing that has managed to supersede my ambition or my um, ability to practice <laughs> is take, <laughs> taking care of my kids right. and ma- making sure that I'm a present father and a a present um husband and you know th- those things were not on my radar when i when i started my career mm-hmm. um i and with something that when brooke and i met as uh, my wife brooke and i we met when we were both artists and doing a lot of traveling a lot of touring and we both kind of what we felt out about each other is like yeah someday yeah Mar- married kids yep someday we'll, yeah, we'll deal with do. that yeah well, i'll be <laughs> down the line and it was, um, and I, I have you know no regrets about that at all. But the aspect right. of being a parent and having a family is just a huge part of my life, That's huge, awesome. huge part of my life. Um, and I, that is um, more you know more important to me than anything. And like our, I, I see this in you as well of like the the drive and passion you have for music and the drive and passion that you have. Uh, for your family, um, just just come together. They're they're intertwined, and that and that is like life. That is life. That is like right. that is what I feel like my life is is these, um, you know, two two careers: my career in music and my career um, in in my family, um, because th- those are the things I'm I'm most passionate about. And then a right. distant third is breakfast. That's a distant third. <laughs> <laughs> distant third. <laughs> and, and the breakfast goes to to your family so it's like a way that you're serving that that passion <laughs> it does it's a it's a, there's there's some conflict around it though because my kids love it my kids think i'm a really great cook but i think i told you this my brooke yep. is she's just looking at the time on the clock and like oh we need to get the kids out she's the like, door come, Can on. You, come on like, <laughs> that's amazing well thank you man i i appreciate that and it's i think it's just such a I think we do have a unique opportunity, you know, with mm. us. It's funny. So as I started the podcast sharing with you that it's, you know, take your kid to work day or however you say it. All I think about is the office episode where they all brought the kids into the office. If you remember that episode, it's like mayhem. <laughs> and uh, But, you know, I was trying to explain to him. You know, like this is what it looks like when you own your own business. And actually later today, Judah and Jojo, they're eight and 10. They're pitching uh, their first business to somebody where they're they're planning on doing okay. a candy machine business. So they're going into a venue that's set. Where we have it set up today at 2.30 and they're going to talk with the business owner to see, you know, if he would be willing to let them put their candy machine in there. And so Sweet. it's for me, I think those things, you know, like with you, you're setting out, creating something out of nothing and your, your kids get to witness this every day, the ups and downs of it and be part of it. And then like your kids are, you know, you're, 
you're getting them to set up and <laughs> and doing you know all the load mm-hmm. in and eventually like who knows like will they be you know doing video one day for you will they be you know playing bass for you one day what whatever that looks like no yeah. doubt the lessons they're learning along this path i think are going to be invaluable uh and that to, to me that legacy piece is as a huge part of, of what we're doing and yeah i feel like i, I my only fear is that they well my only fear is that they resent it that's the only thing yes, that like i feel you um is that the um and i i have I am with this. This is a trend in fatherhood, but fathers now are with their kids more than uh, previous generations. We just spent right. we spend more time as dads, but then the the trend is also up for mothers as well for American mothers. Like, but both parents just spend more time with their kids, um, and I I have no. Um, both my parents work jobs. I remember this when I was a kid, and I, I don't mm-hmm. feel robbed of time with either right. of them but there are times when i'm like i'm loading loading all the stuff in the van getting ready to be gone for uh maybe, maybe like a couple of days not seeing my kids and or even if i'm like if i get some good news i'm like oh my gosh i got this amazing amazing gig this is going to be so great i'm so happy my kids are just kind of looking at me like so when are you going to be gone right, right. that's yep. what it actually means to them and I have to, I, I, that's I, huge to, I know. Yeah, I just kind of struggle with that. It's like, that. what is, what is, what does my career actually mean to them? What does my mm-hmm. job actually mean to them? Um, I think, I think about that a lot. They no, know what computers like... are. If they see me on a computer, it's like, aha, yes, computer. There's YouTube and Minecraft on computers. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know about like that, you know, sending emails or working through, spreadsheets right. or dealing with a uh, tax accountant or you know they're not <laughs> well that's like i was explaining to the the boys actually this morning i'm like when you see me on the phone like i was on the phone for like an hour texting yeah. this morning and it just happened to be i'm also an agent and so i was right. having a bunch of like leads come in and contract issues and like so it's like they know it as TikTok, and so it's like yeah no, totally. I, I basically was kind of oh. like subtly trying to say dad's not fucking around like with TikTok. <laughs> i'm i'm literally trying to make money and you know like provide for us you know yeah. through doing this and and trying to help make other people ma- money and it but is that's a problem that our parents is a huge have. thing our parents right. didn't do that <laughs> they couldn't do that like you they were like pretty much at their job Eight to five and then, like and... they were at home and the idea like I have so many memories of like being, being at dinner and then like the house phone ringing and my dad be like, Oh, I'm being disturbed. And <laughs> it's like, don't answer it. Like, you know, like, like I have so many memories of that. And now like our phones are blinging and bleeping yes. all day. What well, I don't know. 50% of it is uh, legit work and, and right. lucrative opportunities. Twenty percent of it's and that, bullshit, right? It's bullshit. <laughs> How much of it is really just kind of yep. bullshit? That's uh, that's wild to me, man. It's wild to me the, those those distractions that are there. Yeah, but the, but what the, does that look like for a kid? A kid just kind of sees you on the phone and thinks mm-hmm. it's something that grownups do. But there's yeah. so much of it's it. Like he really is. loves that phone, but <laughs> doesn't seem to pay a whole lot of attention to me, you know. And uh, it, that that is something. And in the touring, you know, that for us, there's times we we're gone, like we can have two weeks. I think my last tour was almost three, you know, and those, I think, especially that last one, uh, that length 
obviously starts to get really hard, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, there, I had a friend of mine, it's funny, uh, we're talking about people who do music for love, but not professionally. This is a friend who is, works in the medical tech world and mm -hmm. he actually plays guitar for fun and just chills, you know? And so he's, uh, we've become good friends over the years and always talking about like, he loves Joe Bonamassa and all that kind of stuff. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, it's like into some great music. But his dad, this is what he shared to me when I was sharing similar frustrations with him, and it really hit me. And he said his dad was in the Secret Service you know, with George W. Bush. And so it was like guard for uh, George W. Bush. He's like, my dad was gone a lot, obviously, yeah. with that. And uh, there's times he was able to actually bring his son. He's like, I got to meet him, you know, do all that stuff as a little kid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's like, it was so cool. And he said, but... He said, now as an adult, I don't really remember the times he was gone. He said, I remember the times he was home. Yeah. And those times are really, really good. Yeah. And that, like, hit me. And it's like, that's probably even where I share with you. is like when I noticed there was something not providing value to my goals and providing stress to me, that yeah. meant I was going to be more of an asshole when I'm around because I'm just pissed off about this thing and distracted instead of, like, Oh, now I'm, I'm home and I'm here. Mm -hmm. I'm here with you guys. And so, yeah, that was such a, uh, and, and it came right before shit really got picking up with the band. So it was like perfect timing where it's like, how do I make sure when I'm home, it's good. And, and yeah. it, it, it did give me hope. Cause I'm like, here's this dude who was like gone probably even more than I was, but somehow his, his son thinks very fondly of, of his upbringing. And, but yeah, it, it is tough though. Cause I, that thought that I'm excited about this gig, but they're thinking, ah, oh, so what night are you going to be gone now? You're yeah. going Friday again? Because, like, I don't really have any. You're probably the same way. I I think I don't have any weekends free till like, maybe October at this mm -hmm. point. And that will probably change because it will probably be all the way till December as more gigs come rolling in. It's like, yeah. what does that look like? That's where sometimes, especially my wife, it's like I'm just going to, like, there's one day she's like, hey, you want to go on a walk, like, over lunch? And it's like, yep. We'll just do it like move my schedule around because i can you know yeah yeah <laughs> and uh let's just fucking do it and and take those opportunities so but i think the very fact that that you're processing that and hopefully i'm i'm hoping for myself that we're processing that figuring that out yeah. will point to hopefully they're going to be like yeah i remember when he was home and it was good <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah they probably think my my job is just moving this heavy stuff in black cases like <laughs> dad like he moves stuff he's a mover that's a <laughs> he's a, a mover someday like my dad that's amazing moving yeah, company from what they see it's like my dad does a lot of weird sounds with the keyboard in his voice during the day and then he's on his laptop and computer the rest of the time <laughs> so uh, yeah. i mean they, they well they practice more than i do that's that that i was so odd when they when the uh the first time that my son's um, had a piano recital and they, you know, they had seen, they had seen me do a couple gigs when they were super little and they, they didn't understand. I am at a, a, my dad's performance. Like they were just like laughing and seeing me on, seeing me on stage and seeing me somewhere, <laughs> uh, like with, with like big lights and stuff like that. They just thought it was mm -hmm. so funny and comical. They didn't understand. <laughs> oh, this is my dad's job. Um, you're like, guys, I'm a rock star. Why are you laughing? Yeah. Like I'm a rock star. <laughs> And they would, you know, when they were in piano lessons, they were like, they had a teacher and the, I was like, okay, you've got your first recital coming up. 
And I had to explain, there's going to be people there sitting and watching you play. And they were like, what? Huh? Like piano <laughs> is going to my piano teacher's house. And then you telling me to practice at home. That's piano, right? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, there's going to be a bunch of people. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But they were like, like huh? I don't know. They, they just didn't, didn't, didn't like that's I, so like innocent to kids. Like I remember having kind of explaining to that and them being just kind of like them scratching their heads. I said, why are we doing this? Why? But like, think of that innocence, Miguel, of like the idea of music can just be like, if that, what if they didn't do that? That's kind of like the interesting question. If like there were no recitals and music really was, no, I just, I, it's something I do at home and my dad is there. And like, right. that was, there's so many people who have that relationship with music and that's different mm -hmm. than you and I of for right. people who have like a, um, a sacred relationship with music and their family. And it's, it's not a career for them. You see this mm -hmm. a lot with people uh, who grow up um, around a lot of church musicians. And I always find, I always find that uh, families that find that uh, groove really yeah. interesting. And the words in Kansas city, the word family is like this um, okay. where that the whole family, the whole family is really, really musical. Um, but you can also sense that this is a bond within the family and we we the audience or other musicians we just happen to be around <laughs> <laughs> they're like oh no this is for us so yeah. if you guys are gonna yeah i worked with a bass player like that where his family uh was very much like that like i remember it being so odd because one they were very close and i didn't really necessarily grow up with a close family and yeah. uh but then they would just like break out in song together and like harmonize and do all. i'm like mm. whoa this is weird but you know like you said for them it is. It's part of that bond in that uh, the culture of their family, basically. Yeah. But like that, I think it's the chemistry of, of that group. Brooke and I, like, we're hoping our kids would do that. But like, they're like, no, nah, I want to play soccer. But, you know, buffet, <laughs> buffet of life. Buffet. Exactly. <laughs> buffet of life. <laughs> um, I think my oldest will. Pr I, we hope he becomes a drummer because he has really good natural timing. Right. Instincts. And um, Tobin, the middle kid. Brooke is, he's in piano right now, but Brooke is pushing him to uh, play a string instrument. She thinks he would be a good fiddle player. We're just casting nice. our kids in, in this bullshit. And uh, <laughs> our youngest is such an attention hog. And um, is, she's in dance class right now, but she's also really physical. Like she, I could see her actually being a very dynamic just front person or a lead singer. Right. If she was, I could really see that. And, the, and the, my older son's being um just like happy happy to be in the rhythm section happy to be here happy to you <laughs> you're know like, i'm just holding it down man just yeah it down. that that's definitely my oldest he would be he would be very adept at that and that's also his personality <laughs> yeah um, i uh that my oldest he he very he concluded he's like i'm not an upfront person and he actually is finding himself he's he's getting paid now he's booking like photography stuff on his own with yeah, uh, local cool. rappers and helping like manage an artist and doing mm -hmm. it's that's pretty cool he he loves the behind the scenes things and doing some really cool stuff and uh i honestly i think our 13 year old will probably become an engineer like with his mind <laughs> how he's just he's a quieter dude he can be by himself and just focused um but he has a very analytical like but he's also very funny i told him he could be a professional comedian because he he makes me like die laughing and says a lot of inappropriate things that mom gets mad at, but it's very, very funny. And my youngest, I don't even know what they're going to do. I think my eight year old might join the military and become a sniper or something like 
<laughs> he's and intense. not tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not to like. I don't know, Dad. I just had to go to Belarus for a while or something like some yeah. random shit. <laughs> it's like, are you a sniper? <laughs> what if I was? Why do you can't ask? Tell you, can't tell you, Dad. But so, what would you like with someone uh, who's listening right now? They have a band. Um, I know a lot of times uh, people listening. There's a lot of folks who are more like younger artists, uh, younger in their careers. Um, but maybe some of them getting married, thinking about a family, what, what's maybe a piece of advice or a tool that you use to make sure you're, you're still present with your family in the midst of building really cool things? Uh, I think something I've come to understand recently and being, and being around you more has kind of helped me with that is of accepting the amount of hours that are in the day and not to sacrifice uh, health and sleep and, and diet. And by by kind of clarifying that, like, when, when am I not going to give up? When am I not going to sacrifice mm. for, um, for, for music? You know, when am I, when right. am I not going to give up and kind of, uh, accepting that, you know, like hmm. it's accepting, you know, it's time to go to bed. I, I could, I could do this all night. I could stay up all night working on this thing <laughs> or programming this synth, synth or doing this arrangement or watching YouTube videos, right? I could do this all night. <laughs> um, but like of, of accepting like the, the day is the day is done, you know, the day. Mm. And like, if I want to have the next day be as, be as productive or more productive, I've got to take care of myself mm. and, and sleep good. and, and eat well. And I'm also really fortunate that my wife is very healthy. And she takes her health really, really seriously. Nice. So I live with the healthiest person in the world. She's in my house. <laughs> I live with her. She's spurring um, you on. Oh, yeah. And I'm so grateful for that. And I, I wouldn't have uh, the life that I have and our kids wouldn't be as happy or as healthy without her and her like mm -hmm. really having that mindset. And that's something I really, really respect about her. So um, and I had, I had a buddy that I met uh, who always had this phrase of health before wealth. And like, if I find myself thinking about that a lot, that means I need to focus. If I find myself thinking about that, or that's like in my head a lot, that probably means I need to make, I need to make some changes. I need to, uh, take care of, uh, take care of myself. Um, and, and generally that is, um, sleeping more, eating better, uh, using, uh, let less of the fun party accoutrements using those less things yep. that you find late night in bars when you're jamming all night um, they taste so good but then yes. don't treat you as well the next morning <laughs> no 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 they don't um i guess, i guess it's that it's like under understanding and honoring your your health and how it changes over time i that's something really hard to explain to a young person but like you the uh your constitution and the way that your body processes food and sleep will will change and and evolve and you know, i think about this a lot now and maybe you do too it's like if i want to do these shows at the level i'm doing at now how am i going to um maintain maintain my body and Absolutely. you know what kind of lifestyle um lifestyle tough lifestyle choices do i have to do i have to make in order to like keep keep doing this for as long as uh as long as i want until i'm Someone taps me on the shoulder and says, excuse me, sir, you're, you're, you're done now. <laughs>
you're done. Which we, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that day, to be honest with you. It's like, oh, that, I'm good? I'm good. Like, you just leave me off. Have, have you seen uh, the Rolling Stones documentary uh, by, I think it was, was it Scorsese? Did it? Yeah. Like, Let the light Crossfire in. Crossfire Hurricane. Or, oh, Shine a Light. Yeah. It's, shine a Light. That's what, yeah. it. Yeah. Where they like, that drummer, man, it looked like he they pulled him out of the like retirement home and led him on stage but that dude got up there i can't remember the drummer's name charlie but, watts we just lost yeah, him actually yes he just passed yeah. away recently and but even then i mean it looked like when he was walking up like he may have been close to it and that was what almost a decade ago they did that documentary but then man yeah. when he got on those drums he had all of it right there and it's but yeah it's that long-term perspective like even today i was in the gym and i i had like a a 30 minute thing on this thing called Jacob's ladder. And I just did not want to do it, but I keep thinking like, well, the bands get ready to tour. We're getting ready to jump around yeah. for night after night. Like if I don't do this, if I'm not stretching, if I'm not, you know, I won't be able to keep doing that, you know? And yeah. So I, I like that thing you said of figuring out what I'm not willing to sacrifice for it. And mm -hmm. I think that's something that when I was in my twenties, I didn't think a whole lot about Yeah. <laughs> either, you know, but yeah, some of that will just come and bite you in the ass um, real quick. Real yeah, quick. and you can see it coming with some young people. It's like, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, you're just flying. <laughs> you're just blazing, blazing right now. Right. And, yeah. <laughs> well, and that's, I, I think that piece too, is just the energy, not just for the shows, but like, I think like you said, now you can be, you can do the show, you can wake up in the morning, still feel good, and then you can engage with your kids because you're not hungover or you're not, you know, like, like, feeling just kind of down or whatever it is like yeah. taking care of your body i think does help you be more present uh right. even with your family when you can and have oh and miguel i've also got more, much more responsibility now uh with playing shows and then also managing and there there's a crew there and um <laughs> there's like to be i i should not be the one who's a mess when the show is over <laughs> i should not <laughs> not good Right. Uh, we, you know, I'm supposed to be in charge. I should not be a mess. Yes. And there's a lot of people kind of looking to me like, what do we do now, Paul? Please tell me <laughs> what to do. Uh, that's, a, that's a quick way to, you know, the, the, the exit, the exit's going to, the exit door will, will come a lot faster. I find. <laughs> that's um, true man well hey one well I'll, I'll probably have to have it back on another time because i'd love to hear that we we were more like in the meta world of you know macro thirty thousand feet of of band leading which was mm -hmm. great i'd love to have you back on um and tell the story of song wheels and how that comes together you know down the road i'd love to have you back in because unfortunately i get i gotta lay in the plane here soon uh yeah. but I did want to do the last two questions uh, with mm -hmm. you before we log off uh, from live and create right now. How would you define living a great life? Oh, that's good. Um, it's. Let's see. I think I think, you know, I'm thinking about fulfillment It's like, what is what am I fulfilled by, you know, and I think um, at, at this stage being on the same age as you 41 is no is knowing that the people coming up behind me you could say that that's my children or you could say that's an incoming class of musicians uh are are stimulated and excited about about the world and possibilities and i i can only say that at what feels like a midpoint in my my career 
and I being around people and working with people who are just starting out as professional musicians, or if my kids case are literally starting their life, are these people, am I a part of what's exciting these people? Am I a part of um, what is, what is going to be, you know, the continuation of um, humanity in that respect? I I find that's pretty important to me, but that's also tied up to my, um, to my experience as a parent uh, and my fatherhood. So I find a lot of fulfillment in that if I feel that way if I feel like wow like there's when when I've moved on and when I've um passed on that there's things that are going to be happening that are more exciting than people are excited about and I was I was part of like kind of like helping helping that along I think that I that's a really good feeling oh I just kind of said that you asked me that question that's what I said that's awesome no I love that I love that and for the last one right now how would you define creating great things creating great things again that's i i would answer this question differently depending on where i am in my life because um i spent a lot more time when i was younger um songwriting and, and creating things and the kind of things that you can create when you're um you know just by by yourself alone with an instrument you can do a lot tons of creation with that um and it can be really fulfilling and wonderful and now i think about well what can i do with a community of people what can i create with uh, five musicians, 10, music, 10 musicians. What can I create with a congregation of people? Can you create something with that? Right. Um, but it, it took a lot of time for me to um, change, my mo- change my way of thinking and having the patience of building those communities and meeting all those people. And um, like we t- from the outset of our conversation, being able to have a vision and have everybody kind of like go along with it. Um, that I, I, I don't know. I, my my mm. ability to do that has evolved and so that i think about creation in those terms now of like what what can we get done with all these all these people working together that's that's creation to me now that's cool that that idea of of bringing what what can you create with the with a group of people even as we're we're currently designing our original set and what Mm -hmm. it's going to look like that whole experience it it does make me wonder what does that look like even as the audience, like the audience as part of that, like how do we create with the entire audience this moment? Uh, that's, that's cool. That I love it. I love it, man. Well, let everyone know how they can connect with you and, and find out more about song wheels and about everything else you're doing. Yes. Uh, well, songwheels.com is like the, been a passion project of mine since the pandemic, www.songwheels.com. And it's it. Um, what I'm most proud of it is that it's a new thing. Like no one really, it's it's kind of new thing. We we would not have had this even three years ago. A band like this would right. not exist. Like it's a really a product of his time, um, and that's that's really what I'm most excited about. And then if you're in Kansas City, you want to come downtown to Howl at the Moon. I manage the band at Howl at the Moon. There we play every weekend. That's been a uh, ongoing project for eight years that band has evolved and changed and changed with the times but i'm also proud that there's people who have been there as long as i have for eight years and that's a really really fun great group of musicians so uh, come say hi downtown out the moon but if you kind of want to see the future of live entertainment <laughs> that would be song wheels and that's uh, that's the way to do it yeah that's awesome man well thank you for making the time
Groovy. It was a lot of fun, Miguel. Thank you for listening to the Live and Create podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment or a review. The Live and Create podcast.